Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. Okay, now I'm going to transition. Everybody say transition. Transition. And isn't it a transitional season? I don't know if it's all the prophetic people in the room this morning, but I'm feeling my prophetic juices flow today. There is transition in the house. Okay, so we have been doing a fantastic series, haven't we? The person, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And haven't we just loved the Holy Spirit? Hasn't it been so good recently? We were talking about it in our volunteer huddle this morning about how all of us are much more intentional and aware of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And we're continuing that today and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit gifts. Have a look at the person next to you and say, we're going there today. We're going there today. We're going there today. I've been waiting for six years to talk on the Holy Spirit gifts. I don't know why it hasn't happened, but it's happening today and I'm really excited about it. Anybody else excited about talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or is it just me? My Enneagram 7's peaking this morning. Okay, so the next couple of weeks we're going to camp out in the book of 1 Corinthians. And that's a great book of the Bible. We're going to learn a little bit about it. And actually, the letter to the Corinthian church was to teach them how to live life well and healthy in the local church. How do we live well in the healthy? How do we live a healthy way in the local church? So straight up, before we even get to our text today, our passage, from my perspective, I think we've got two problems with using the gifts in church. Two. The first problem I think we have with using the gifts in church is that we don't believe we're called to ministry. We believe that we're called to go to church and not to be the church. And so therefore, we disqualify ourselves from using the Holy Spirit gifts. Straight up, we know that's not true. Don't we know that? We are ecclesia, a people called together to move for the purposes of God. That's the first thing. We don't believe we're called to the ministry. The second problem with the gifts of the Holy Spirit is we don't like to use them because maybe we're afraid of the, the abuse and misuse of them. If you've been in the church for any amount of time, you've probably seen some stuff. Stuff you love, stuff you're not so sure about. Stuff you're a little bit creeped out about, stuff you think's awesome. Is that true or not? So we, we hang around on the outskirts going, what's appropriate here? Should I use it? I'm a little bit scared. What if the Holy Spirit overtakes me and I'm out of control? What if somebody starts manifesting up the front when I pray for them? We're a little bit afraid about using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So today, I'm going to lead you through a passage, 1 Corinthians 12, and Paul outlines for us six really healthy guidelines, probably a few more than six, but I'm going to pick up six, about how we can safely and properly use the Holy Spirit gifts confidently in our church services. Does that sound good? Okay, so that we can be confident to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit 
has given us. Who's excited to learn about the six healthy guidelines this morning? This is going to set us free in this place today. Okay, we're going to read a little bit of a chunk, chunky chunk today, because it's so good. So why don't you read with me? We're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. Now, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, say different, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Skipping down a little bit to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. Say, I am the body of Christ. Declaration. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helps, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire. Can you say eagerly desire? The greater gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making noise. If I can have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain Nothing. We could have a mic drop moment and I could walk off the stage and we could all be saved today off the back of that powerful scripture. Isn't that amazing? 
Now, I just want to give you just a tiny bit of context before we get into our six guidelines. And that is that the church of Corinthians that Paul's writing to were a hyper-spiritual church. They loved the gifts. They wanted the gifts, but they wanted to show off their gifts. They wanted to be the most powerful, the most spiritual. They wanted to have the best gifts. I want to show off how amazing I am at working miracle power. They were doing it for themselves. So they had this mystical, supernatural faith. However, in the midst of all of that... They were doing terrible things. They were suing each other. They were being divisive. They were sleeping with prostitutes. They were even sleeping with their mother-in-laws and father-in-laws. They were getting drunk on communion wine. Sounds like the Anglican church I grew up in. There was idolatry happening. There was, there was even a teaching of theology that there was no resurrection from the dead. They were really mixed up. They had these great gifts, but they had very little character and conviction about their theology. They were actually wanting platforms and accolades for how spiritual they were, for their supernatural powers and abilities. So Paul's writing to them to say, hey guys, I've got to bring a little bit of correction here. I've got to bring a little bit of refocus. I need to teach you how to have a healthy culture in your local church so that we can all be godly together. So then we come up with these six healthy guidelines of how we can use the spiritual gifts in church in a great way that benefits all. Are you ready for number one? Okay, number one is this, that the Holy Spirit always testifies of Jesus. That's what he does. He's testifying and exalting the name of Jesus wherever he goes. The Holy Spirit's burning desire is to establish Jesus as Lord on the earth. That's what he wants to do. So the gift's design is not to establish a person in a pulpit or give an individual a platform. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are to exalt and magnify Jesus. That is the purpose of the gifts, and we've got to get that right. The evidence of the Holy Spirit at work is that Jesus' church will be established. In the book of Acts, it says, When the Holy Spirit showed up at Pentecost, there were many signs and wonders. It says, Great fear came upon the, holy, on the whole church. Many believers were added. People were getting saved. Every day in homes and temples, apostles didn't cease to teach and preach about Jesus. Numbers were added daily because of the Holy Spirit's testimony of Jesus. So listen, when we're using our gifts here at Oasis Church, it's all about the exaltation of the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, that his ministry would be established and not our own. Can I hear an amen? All right, second guideline this morning is that the Holy Spirit's gifts are functions, not identities. Okay, so verse 4 says they're different kinds of gifts, the same spirit, different kinds of service, same Lord, different kinds of working, but it's the same God at work. And Paul's whole focus in this chapter is to express how the gifts operate within the context of the church, that we're not meant to measure our worth or identity, we're not meant to compare our gifts to anybody else's, 
but enjoy the difference. He says there's differences, but it's all through the same God. So let's enjoy the uniqueness that God has given us through the gifts, but cherish it because it's the one God who gives it to us. So we're not to form an identity based on the gifts that God has given us. We're just meant to use them. Their functions, titles shouldn't be an issue for us. We shouldn't need to go around saying, I'm prophet such and such, or I'm pastor such and such, or I have the gift of healing. That's not our identity. Our identity is that we are a child of God and we have different gifts that serve to function the whole body of Christ. This is one of the reasons that, you know, sometimes you and I don't really call each other pastor from the platform. We don't really call other people pastors. I don't actually believe my gift is a pastor. I believe I'm a bit pastoral, but I've probably got a different gift mix. So I never say, hi, I'm Pastor Christy. I mean, sometimes we do because it's appropriate, but mostly we don't do that because we believe that the, you'll be known by your gifts. You'll be known by your fruit. Okay, so that, can I have a tissue? Sorry, my, sometimes the anointing makes my nose run. Actually, it does every time, let's be honest, thanks. Woo! There are a variety of gifts. That word is charisma. And the modern Greek word for charisma is that it's a birthday present. It's a love gift from the Father to you. So it's a gift from him to, he thought of you, Sinead, he thought of you and he gave you a gift and he said, this is going to suit Sinead perfectly. This is a love gift from heaven to you. So you've all got love gifts from heaven, from the Father, the same spirit. There are varieties of service, the Bible says. And that word is not, it's, it's, I'm not even going to try and say it this morning because I'm just going to get tongue-tied. If Colin was up here, he'd probably say it because he's pretty good at the Greek. Do you know what that word is, by the way? No. Okay. Put him on the spot. Not for demonstrating our own talents or prowess on a stage to perform, but to be servants of one another. Varieties of service. It's to serve each other. And the third difference there is there are varieties of working. Energinata, that's that word. There's varieties of working. God's energy in us is all different. There's different energies in us, different workings in us. So there's different things about us, but we all have the same God. Okay, point number three. Gifts are for the common good, not the individual. Verse seven says, now to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. We're always about the whole, the greater good, not the individual being, giving a, getting attention and standing up and being clapped. We're about everybody coming together, lifting us up together. It's about the greater good. You know, I've literally heard other pastors say to me, I've got a person in my church who thinks that they have a gift of God to point out all the, the bad things about the church. It's true. That, that's what they believe the Holy Spirit has gifted them with. I can't see how that can be for common good. I can't see how that's to establish the ministry of Jesus in a place. 
That's just really discouraging. It's not a gift, that's a pain. Look, it's all right to see some bad things about the church because we're not perfect, are we? I'm not standing here telling you Oasis Church is perfect. We all know that it's not. But we're about coming underneath the church just like Jesus did and lifting her up to encourage her. Keep going, church. Keep going, church. Keep going, church. Okay. We've got to manifest in us what the Holy Spirit is doing and it needs to flow through us. You know, God wants us to be conduits not containers. So what the Holy Spirit flows through us can't sit and end with us. We have to use it to flow through us to benefit the common good of the church. It's for corporate edification, not personal admiration this morning. Now, if we're looking at this letter to the first Corinthians and the error that Paul's trying to address, they were trying to reach some state of ecstasy or nirvana or utopia, individualism, self-fulfillment through these Holy Spirit gifts. But this point here, for the common good, I lost my spot. It's a personal commitment to the Lord and to the body of Christ. That's our stance when we're using the gifts. To be truly spiritual is to be a servant of the church. To be truly spiritual is to be a servant of the church. To be truly spiritual is to be a servant of the church, not who has the best, most powerful gifts. To be truly spiritual is to be a servant of the church, not who has the best and the most powerful gifts. That's the definition of spirituality. Let's have a quick look at the gifts while we're here. In verse 8, it gives us the list of gifts. And I've, I've got them on the screen. And if we could just flick to that slide this morning. I've got a quick definition of, of each of the gifts that might be coming. Um, I just want to touch on them really quickly so that you know what they are. It might You can take a photo of them so that you can revisit it later. But let's just quickly run through it. The gift of wisdom is a spoken instantaneous impartation of revelation that answers a confusing problem with clarity, specific insight and conviction. Jesus was always baffling people with wisdom bombs, wasn't he? The gift of knowledge is this, the spoken instantaneous impartation of knowledge pertaining to things past and present. Like Peter, he knew Ananias and Sapphira had done something that he couldn't have known any other way except through a word of knowledge. The gift of faith is a faith that brings confidence that God's going to act in impossible situations, usually involving healings and miracles. Gifts of healing, that word is plural, meaning there are many different gifts of healing. We can expect God to move in many different ways to heal people. And we saw Jesus do that, didn't he? Spitting in people's eyes, rubbing mud in there. He's, God's going to heal people's bodies, relationships, health, situations. There's healing for every trauma, every disease, every disintegration or pain through a wide variety of methods. Miraculous powers produces divine or supernatural intervention that is beyond natural limitations. 
sun standing still, weather patterns affected, turning water into wine, casting out demons is a miraculous power. Prophecy, speaking forth the mind and the will of God to edify, exhort and comfort. They're the three legs, three strands of prophecy, edify, exhort, comfort. Distinguishing between spirits, some versions say discerning. This is using our spiritual senses to separate, discriminate, determine and decide the activity of the spiritual realm around about us. It identifies the truth about various situations. It's always combined with liberating the oppressed. Speaking in different kinds of tongues. This is interesting. There's a private use and a corporate use of speaking in tongues and Corinthians goes through them. There's a private use which the Bible says it edifies your spirit. When you pray in tongues, you strengthen your own spirit. But there's also a corporate tongue and that corporate tongue's designed to be interpreted. So we don't get that very often because the Bible says unless you've got an interpreter, don't do that because it just sounds like goobly goop, no one understands what you're saying. So for that corp, if I was to stand up here and deliver a prophetic word in a tongue, I would want to make sure that there was an interpreter in the room before I did that, otherwise it means nothing. The last one, interpretation of tongues, and that is that you have an unction, you have an understanding of what someone's speaking when they're speaking in tongues. They're the gifts. Now, by the way, that's not a conclusive list. It was just a representative list. This is just Paul trying to say there are many diverse gifts and here's a few of them. So there's more than that, okay? All right. So, so far, shall we recap? We've done three. Six healthy guidelines to using the gifts safely in the local church. The Holy Spirit always testifies of Jesus. The Holy Spirit gifts are functions. They're not our identity. The gifts are for the common good, not for the individual. Number four, gifts are freely given by the Holy Spirit and not according to your maturity. How amazing. It talks about that. In verse 11, same spirit distributes to each one just as he determines. God freely gives gifts to people, not as rewards of good behaviour not as a reward of your spiritual maturity. This is why our children can prophesy. This is why when our kids lay hands on people, they should be able to see healings because it's not about your spiritual maturity. It's a gift of grace. It's a gift of love from the Father. So somebody who's got a great gift of prophecy, and I know there are many of us, is not a sign that they're spiritually mature. It's just a sign that God loves them and wants to give them good gifts. Okay? Next, number five, everybody has value and a role within the body of Christ. Everybody, every single person. Verse 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. No one gets left behind, church. No one gets left behind. Everybody has something to give. Everybody has gifts from the Father to participate in the body of Christ. Now, this is really important because we don't need any super spiritual gurus who we couldn't live without because that takes our focus off Jesus, doesn't it? 
We need each other. Our gifts all complement and connect with each other like a body, like our system in our own body. We need each other. My body can't function without my feet. My body can't function without my nose. My body can't function without my liver. And so if you're opting out from functioning within the body of Christ, we're not the best we can be because you're not participating. Everybody has a contribution to make. Finally, point number six this morning is that love is indispensable. We cannot do without love. We cannot do without love. The ultimate safety barrier and test for operating within the gifts of the Holy Spirit is love. If you want to prophesy over someone in Oasis Church, you better make sure that you love that person. You better make sure that you're doing it for their edification and not your own. If you're going to pray for someone for healing, you better make sure it's to bless that person and not just to tell everybody how you're involved in the, in the participation of someone who got healed down the front here. You better love the people that you're ministering to. Otherwise, you're just making noise. You're just a clanging symbol. You could be the most spiritual, crazy, gifted person. But if you're not doing it out of love for your brothers and sisters... The Bible says you gain nothing. You gain nothing. There's no eternal purpose in what you're doing if you're not doing it to benefit somebody else. Harsh words, yes, but safe, yes. The ultimate test of safety for using the gifts within the church is that you love. Say love. Love. If you want to know what love looks like, continue reading that passage. Verse 13 tells you all about it. Keep no record of wrongs. Love doesn't fail. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. You want to know what love looks like? You want to know how you should use the gifts? Go read that passage about love. We always use it at weddings. Let's use it for Holy Spirit gifts too. If you want to test yourself, do I love people or am I using Holy Spirit gifts for myself? Just go and tick off each part of that scripture. Do I keep no record of wrongs? Now that we've got our six healthy guidelines, what do we do with the gifts? What do we do with them? Three things really quickly and then I'm going to pray for you. I'm believing for a recommissioning of the gifts within Oasis Church this morning and we're just going to lay hands and pray for you this morning like we've been doing the last few weeks. But there's three things that we should do now. They all start with D because that's what we do when we preach. And it's easy to remember. It's easy to remember. We're going to desire them. We're going to develop them. We're going to deploy them. We're going to desire them. We're going to develop them. We're going to deploy them. Everybody say it. Desire, develop, deploy. Desire, develop, deploy. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says, pursue love. We know that now. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts that you may prophesy. We've got to earnestly desire them. Do you notice he's not telling the Corinthians off for earnestly desiring the spiritual gifts? He's saying, no, keep doing that. Keep wanting them, but pursue love as well. So we've got to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Which one do you want? Which ones do you want this morning? 
of that list that we went through? What do you want? What are you earnestly desiring? It's okay to earnestly desire. It's not unholy to go, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly ask. No, that's opting out of being in the body of Christ. Which ones are you earnestly desiring? I can tell you what I'm earnestly desiring. I'm earnestly desiring the gifts of healing. I once laid on John G. Lake's grave in Spokane, Washington and cried out for healing to be imparted to the body of Christ once more because we saw how it saved a generation in America, that gift. So I'm praying for that. And man, I tell you what, I've had a year of health challenges, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let that hold me back. I'm contending. I want to eagerly desire and I want that, that gift to move in the church for the exaltation of the name of Jesus. What about you? We've got to develop them. We've got to develop them. Second Timothy 1, chapter 1, verse 6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame. The gift of God, fan it into flame, which is in you through the laying on of hands. The more you use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the more they're developed. They're developed by practicing. And I bet you if you ask some of the school of um, prophet people this morning, they would say that they've got better and better and better. Is that true? Lift your hand and tell me that's true, school of prophets people. The more you use it the better it gets, the more it develops. So you've got to use it. I tell you what, if, if for me, I'm wanting to see the gift of healing being released, I'm just praying for people. You know, yes, I've had a million disappointments. Yes, I've seen a million people not get healed when I've prayed for them, but I'm not going to let it stop me because I want to develop it. I want to learn about it. I want to sense what the Holy Spirit is doing as I lay hands on someone and I'm praying for them to be healed. The more I practice the more God's going to release. Yes, we're going to develop it. And then we're going to deploy it. We're going to deploy. First Peter 4.10. Can I have the worship team back up? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. You have to use it to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Is that just not the most amazing scripture? Use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. It's his grace in its various forms. You, Oasis Church, every single one of you under the sound of my voice, every single person watching online right now, you are part of the body of Christ. You are called to ministry. You have gifts. You must use them. You must deploy them. You've got to use them. Desire, develop, deploy. Desire, develop, deploy. In the context of healthy church guidelines, we can do this. We can bring the gifts back so that they bless, edify, exhort, encourage, exalt. Yes? Okay, so I'm going to pray for you this morning. Why don't we stand? your eyes this morning. It was a fast-paced, loud, powerful message. Let's just have a moment to unpack that quietly in our own spirit.
maybe God's challenging you right now because you feel unqualified to use your gifts in the church. Maybe you made some mistakes. Or maybe you've had a really unholy week. And you're like, how could Holy Spirit possibly use me? Maybe you've doubted in your faith. And you've just gone, I'm... I'm inadequate, I'm unqualified, I can't be used. Well, no, that's a lie. It's not true. The gifts of God are without repentance, is what the Bible says. They're irrevocable. He never takes them back. They're gifts to you. Maybe this morning you feel like, I don't want to be called to ministry. I don't want to use my gifts. I just want to hide in the back row and be a nobody. I don't want that kind of pressure. Holy Spirit says to you that you are valuable. You are a part of my body and I want you to use what I've given you. Maybe this morning you're sifting through some discouragement. Well, I really wanted this gift and I prayed for it for so long, but I just haven't seen it activated in my life and I don't even know if I even believe it in anymore. Be refreshed in that. Be renewed in that. Be open again to that. Just tell the Holy Spirit right now. These are the gifts that I eagerly desire, Holy Spirit. These are the gifts that I eagerly desire, Holy Spirit. Tell Him. Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you've given us capacity and ability. We thank you that you've given us supernatural awareness and that you want to use us to further your kingdom, Jesus. And I pray today over us at Oasis Church this morning that you would activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life again. We declare this morning that we are available. Here I am. I am available. Holy Spirit, I want you to use me. Holy Spirit, I eagerly desire the gifts today. Holy Spirit, I open the doorway of my heart to be used again by God. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 